Welcome to the Live Peaceably Podcast. I'm Lionel Sims, Minister of the Northside Church of Christ. And I'm Camille Lewis, Licensed Mental Health Therapist. And here we talk about the practical side of faith and what it means to live peaceably. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy. Good day to each and every one of you, and we are back. Thank you so much for tuning into the Live Peaceably Podcast. Once again, I am your co-host, Lionel Sims, uh, Minister of the Northside Church of Christ, and I have with me, as per usual, my co-host, Miss Camille Lewis. Yes. Hey, y'all. We're back. Happy to be here. Yeah, and really excited about what we have prepared for this coming uh, season, this coming stint, this coming conversation mm-hmm. series of whatever it is of just great conversation, because I know that you guys are listening to us and talking to yourself in your head and joining in the dialogue. And so thank you for being active participants. Thank you so much for the feedback we've gotten. Um, thank you for the support that you've given. We really, 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 really appreciate all the love uh, because we aren't just here to talk to each other as much as we enjoy it. We want it to be a benefit to all of you. And so we thank you for your contribution to this ministry um, that we're that we're providing here. Um, so today, though, I wanted to, as we begin conversations, open up conversations about something that's been heavy on my mind. And I know that's something that never leaves um, you know, most people's minds, and that's relationships uh, in whatever form. Uh, we are literally built and designed for relationships. Uh, I read something yesterday, actually, specifically that said, if a human, like this was coming from a sociologist, if a human doesn't grow up with or feels detached from what they feel like is supposed to be their home or community, they're much more prone to all types of physiological diseases. I had no idea. Mm. Um, When you grow up lonely or when you have no support or no resources, when you don't have people in your corner who are willing to support you and push you along. It takes a heavy toll on the quality of your life. And often we don't acknowledge how much our relationships mean. And these aren't just our um, romantic relationships, of course. We're talking about our friends. We're talking about our church families. We're talking about our immediate and and, 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 uh, our our blood relatives. All the people that are the accumulation of you uh, are who you need in order to make it through life. And I feel like that's something that Jesus prioritized. Um, There was just something about him knowing how weak we were. There was something about him knowing how many needs we had that caused him to emphasize the relationships that we have with one another. I mean, it's a pretty big statement to say, if you love me, then love them. You know what I mean? It's like that big of a, that, that, that big of a weight that's put on relationships is enough reason for us to examine it. So as per usual, I want to open up the conversation in the door by asking Camille a question. And that is, how have you seen just relationships play a role in your spiritual maturation throughout your life? Um, they've they've played a big role, but do we want to pray? Oh my goodness, we didn't pray. We didn't pray. Let's pray. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Let's pray. Our Lord and our God, we are eternally grateful for the opportunity that we have to even be in dialogue about things concerning you and your word and your love, Father. So we're asking right now that you be with us, Father, carry our conversation, Father, and just allow us to be willing participants in the furtherance of your glory. And so, Lord, we're asking now that you continuously watch over the things that we do say and think, because, Father, at the end of the day, we only pursue you. We're only seeking after you. We're only looking to lean on you. And we're praying that everyone who is under the sound of our voices does the same, Father, that we all do it in pursuit of you in closeness and relationship. So we ask that you bless us now. In Jesus' name, we pray this prayer in our prayers. Amen. 
Goodness, thank you so much for that. Thank you. I am serious and no, no, from the bottom of my heart, thank you because that's been an intentional practice of mine is to slow down. And lately I have fallen mm-hmm. in love with prayer and meditation specifically in a way that I haven't been before. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you pausing and giving, reminding is just, that was very helpful. So thank you. Okay, repeat your question. You. Yeah, that's what I was doing. Uh, <laughs> um, how have relationships played a role overall in your, your growth and spiritual maturation? I'll say that. Yeah, they've played a, a really large role um, I, I don't think that I can even think about my spiritual journey or my faith journey at all without thinking about my relationships. Yeah. Um, I think for me, I was blessed to be born into a, a, a family uh, that was already faithful and that was already very active in the Lord's church. So I don't know anything else and um, I can't really separate you know, church from family because my family was at church and the church was my family. So um just from a foundational perspective, right? That's, I I learned about God through my relationships. Um, The people in my life taught me about him and um, were examples for me. Um, When I think about my own, you know, kind of personal spiritual maturation, there are a few people that, that come to mind that I kind of, you know, modeled my, myself or some of my spiritual practices after Um, at least, you know, up until, uh, I, I took maybe a more active role in kind of figuring out what it meant for me. But I think when you're younger, sometimes um, you do kind of try to emulate people who who you see as, as walking righteous and, and walking faithful while you're still learning how to do it yourself. And when we get into adulthood, we understand that everyone's kind of journey looks a little bit different. But I do think that it's important to have those, um, those models uh, as you're learning to kind of give you a, a foundation. So um, for me, there, there were several people who, I mean, yeah, they also happen to be in my family, but um, uh, there were several people who I, who have kind of shaped my understanding of having like a personal intimate relationship and walking with Christ daily. Um, and so now as I've in the last several years, really just um, grown even closer and closer in my walk with Christ, um, I, all, I, I often think back to that as um, my primary examples, right? Like my mom always got up early, early, early in the morning to do her Bible study. Like before any of us were up to go to school, before anybody was awake, she's doing her, her Bible study at like five o'clock in the morning. And that was what I grew up seeing was someone prioritizing that, that quiet time with God and that time uh, studying the scripture, studying for your own understanding, because it's separate from going to church and going to Bible study. So that was with what I saw. So um, I was blessed enough to kind of have those examples growing up. Um, and then, I mean, talk about like social relationships in the church, right? Like my best friends growing up were in the church. We had a really active youth group. And so those are my friends and my first crushes, of course, were at church and were in the youth group. Um, so I, I think in, in Every sense, basically, of relationship, platonic, romantic, family, wow. um, or otherwise, uh, kind of points back to to the church or my kind of initial um, introduction to those relationships took place in the church house. Wow! So it's been it's been huge. Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. That's really yeah. You saying that um, it really emphasizes how important and big. Um, just church culture is in general. Um, mm-hmm. I did because we think of it sometimes when we talk about it with other people, it seems kind of like a meeting place or a gathering or, you know, kind of a avenue of living. But 
the culture behind church yeah is yeah. really enough to mm-hmm. surround an entire upbringing it's just like and even if it's not even the things that we fully admit like we know that our culture stems from church because um even though i didn't necessarily mm-hmm. grow up in the churches of christ um my whole life a lot of my life i did but um i still there's still commonalities among different churches and church people where you find that the language is mm-hmm. different you find that the 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 expectations of young kids are different um all the things that church people do specifically that's embedded in church culture is a part of how we learn how to live life, not just, you know, uh, um, approach our faith. So yeah, everything that you said is ironic because that's almost the same experience. It's just like, that's where my friends came from. That's where my, my wife came from. Yeah. That's where my, you know, my, my family stems yeah. from. And, you know, I got connections now, like all my friends and all my people, they're just at different churches across places. So mm-hmm. um, that is so, so important, especially now in the age post-COVID specifically, where people are struggling mm-hmm. to find any human relationships, I think that this whole kind of abstaining mm-hmm. from church thing is really right now starting to show itself because people are just realizing how important church was for the foundation of just relationships. Like, Yeah, yeah. The, the other thing is that those relationships hold you accountable. I was just having a conversation with someone the other mm-hmm. day about um, uh, like why it's important to come to church physically and, and come to the building, even though we have access now to you know, attend church virtually from wherever. Um, and we were just talking about how, you know, when you're kind of doing it on your own and like, I don't have to go into the building because I can watch sermons here and I can, you know, have my own communion cups at home and I can still do everything just away. But, um, life gets in the way of that life gets in the way and it, it, other things easily start to kind of eclipse or take that kind of priority. And I was just saying how going to the church, going to the building, being around people, it has a different level of, of accountability because if you're not there, if you miss however many weeks and somebody's asking where you are and are you okay, versus if you're disconnected, if you're detached from the people, if you're detached from the relationships, then no one knows if you're struggling. No one knows if you're, if you're falling or if you need help or if, if things are getting overwhelming. No one knows that because you're... You, if you have this individualistic view of your faith and you're detached from, from everyone else um, and you're that, that everyone else who is an extension of, of Christ. And so to your point earlier, just about how important we are to one another in, in, in relationships. And I've been hearing a lot about this lately and have been thinking about relationships a lot too. So I think it's a, a timely, a timely conversation, but we were never supposed to be alone. We were never, humans were not made to be alone or isolated in, I mean, I, I love my alone time more than anybody else, but I know that I'm not here on earth alone and that I need relationships and I need people to to be well and to to stay grounded and, be, and and all of that. Because sometimes I do maybe get weak or have difficult times or whatever it is, right? Like when you're alone, then that's just more room for the devil to 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 come in and, you know, insert himself into those gaps where maybe another person ought to be. How would you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert or an ambivert? Um, an ambivert, but I'm, I'm a little bit more introverted than extroverted. Leaning towards, I got you. Because that's really important mm-hmm. seeing me as you're talking, because knowing how important relationships are, you're really making me think. I'm naturally very, very, very introverted. But when it came to coming back to church mm-hmm. and actually talking to people about coming back to church and, you know, giving my understanding, it's just like the tone of that has completely changed just because 
I like, uh, it's like going to the gym almost like during the pandemic, I bought gym equipment for the house, right? (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Stuff that I knew I was going to use because I used it every day at the gym. And so I was just like, this is just perfect. Mm -hmm. It's not a big deal. I can't go to the gym. So I got to have it here. Now that the pandemic's over, I've still got the stuff, but I go to the gym. And it took me a long time to figure out why I couldn't just be disciplined at home. And I was just like, home is not in the place where I'm mentally prepared to work out. And I was just thinking of how much, like I've got the same equipment at the gym where I got to get in my car and drive and be around people. Mm -hmm. But it's really how much will you do to invest in the culture of your betterment? And like, especially now with the mm-hmm. conversations of mental health and well-being, it's like we're just realizing how important people and relationships and friends are. And I'm just like surprised at how much mm-hmm. I'm just realizing it because I'm just I'm kind of dedicated to being alone. And that's kind of one of the hardest things like you were bringing up to for me to acknowledge is that um, we're, mm-hmm. not, we're not meant to be alone. We can't be alone. We're not supposed to be alone. Right. And it's just, you know, because things like right. this lonely people get isolated and sometimes you really do just want to tell yourself like maybe i do just kind of want to stop trying with relationships altogether because you know they they can mm-hmm. be painful they can be blotchy they can be you know you invest relationships aren't just something that you wake up and choose one day it's like you're investing yourself your personality your time your energy um your genuineness and that's really big into another person you can't just go about that haphazardly and so when you do get that urge to be like i don't want to necessarily dig into the whole you know our friends and you know being here for each other and leaning on and relying on that can be burdensome if you you know have been uh if, if, if you're more introverted or even if you just have trouble forming relationships but even in light of those things it's like you still have to prioritize relationships just because you know that's what you were designed for and that's what's best for you and i think that's been a hard road for me to cross personally is treating relationships mm-hmm. as if they are priority like i need this relationship Cause sometimes it just seems like we can mm-hmm. just be fringe about it, but it's like, you know, you need your friends. You need, you need your boys. You mm-hmm. need to call them when you're frustrated. You need a place where people can accept you being stupid for a second. You know, it's just like mm-hmm. all those elements are part of how we grow as people. And it's like, we often try to help people grow spiritually, but you really grow spiritually around people who know you best because accountability doesn't come from some random person that tells you to straighten up. Accountability comes from the people who mm-hmm. know your flow. You know, they know how you function. Mm-hmm. They know what's a success to you. They know that, you know, you said six cuss words today. It's like, okay, well, somebody else may not like that, but you know, I'm down from 20, you know? So it's like progress mm-hmm. has to happen within relationships when it comes to support and growth and maturity. And it's just finding finding out how to treat those with intentionality. I think personally, it's my struggle. So I could ask you, because I know that you have a big family and you have friends as well. And so people have just been even if you lean introverted, have been someplace where you found, you know, your, your, your lane and your flow. So I guess the question is like, have you ever wanted to kind of step back from relationships for, for any particular mm-hmm. reason? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. What that look Absolutely. Like? Well, I think I have, I have several things to say just on, on the topic of, of relationships. And um, so first I want to say there's a difference between solitude and isolation. Yeah. And as someone who does lean more introverted, I completely understand and appreciate the value of solitude. Um, I consider myself to be quite independent. Uh, I, I operate alone in a lot of different you know, areas of my life. And so um, I, in, in some areas, I, I can only rely on myself, right? Um, 
like I live alone, so I don't share any expenses with anyone. So it is, it's, it's just me in a lot of different, in a lot of ways. Um, but at, at the same time, sometimes it's helpful to kind of recharge alone and be by myself for in those, in those moments. But solitude is valuable um, because other times I'm interacting with people so much. I value my solitude so much because my life revolves around relationships. My my work is about other people. So um, because so much of my life is revolving around relationships, I value my solitude that much more. Because while we need other people, it can be draining sometimes to be so overly involved and to always be. Mm. And I think for, for introverts, right, for those of us who value our long time, it's important to have both. And we need our solitude so that we can continue showing up in relationship with other people. We need that. That's so hard. Um, there have definitely been times where I've had to like take, or I have wanted to take a step back from some of my relationships. And um, for me, part of the, the way that I operate, right? Like when, when I have high stress and when I'm anxious or depressed or whatever it might be, I do have a tendency to isolate because I find that there are, there are certain times where it takes more energy from me to interact with other people. And when I'm already, when I'm already on low energy, I don't have much to give to other people. Um, and so maybe that's something that I'm, you know, needing to work through on my own, but I kind of feel like if I don't have anything to contribute, then I might as well just kind of stay to myself until, until I do have something to contribute. So there have been times where I've wanted to, to retreat a little bit or, um, the other thing too, is that when you've had close relationships and close family relationships and all of that, um, you know, everybody wants to help you make decisions and everybody wants to add their two cents and everybody wants to have something to say about something. Um, but I have really had to, uh, prioritize and dive into my relationship with God even more. Um, because I realized, okay, everybody want to have something to say, but y'all really don't have nothing to say about this. So you're just talking. So while I love you and I know that you're well-meaning, this is not as as beneficial or fruitful to me as, as you think it is. So when it comes to how I make decisions for my, for my life, um, the more independent I am, the less I rely on those relationships to inform my decisions. So I, my relationships play a different role in my life maybe now than they did previously. So um, previously, maybe I did need more feedback or, you know, guidance on certain things. But, but now when maybe that's not what I need, but what I do need is, you know, a safe place or a soft place to land, or maybe I need, um, uh, you know, some fun, some lighthearted activities. Maybe I need to cry. Maybe there are other things that I need. And so relationships serve multiple purposes for, for each person. So they, they shift and they evolve and they change and they grow over time as we grow and evolve. And the same can be said about our relationship with God. I think we've talked about this before, right? Like God has been different things to you along your own personal evolution. Your relationship with God has changed and evolved and grown. And maybe it doesn't look exactly how it used to look, but you still need it and it's still valuable. So same with personal relationships, even if they don't look exactly the same, if you still value this person enough to keep them in your life, even if it's in a different capacity, then it's because that relationship is one that is, is fruitful to you. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. I think when relationships can be fruitful to you in different ways over throughout different seasons of your life. And so I think, you know, we all have 
people who have been around for a long time and who have seen us through different seasons. And that's a testimony in itself. And then we have some people who have joined us in specific seasons of our life and then maybe have gone. So relationships are, they're, they're, they're not, I don't know, they're not like monolithic. There, there are so many kind of different char characteristics and, and attributes. Um, so I guess relationships have played, a di have played different roles in my life throughout, throughout time. Um, but I think I, that I try at least to have a decent balance between, you know, my independence and solitude, but also, um, pouring into my relationships that are meaningful to me. It's definitely been challenging at times, but that's where we have to decide that these relationships are important enough for me to make space for them. Oh God. Like, oh, a lot. Oh, a lot. No, I'm sorry. God, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm realizing now at this point, I'm not even sure if I thought all the way through talking about relationships because it's a weak point of mine. And I just didn't, you know, I'm just trying to help. And, the and, and here we are. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm just trying to help the people and it just always runs into me. But um, <laughs> when it comes to being, yeah, trying to figure out how to serve and help people without completely draining yourself because, you know, you have to be responsible on both ends is very difficult, at least for me. Because me personally, I get, I, I think I'm dangerously introverted, like to the point where I probably shouldn't be around people, but it's come to the point where it's, <laughs> it's like after a few minutes, it's just like, okay, I got to go retreat. Like, good morning. Good morning. Okay. I'm done for the day. But it's like, good morning. Good morning. Goodbye. Goodbye. Exactly. It really is kind of like that though, because when you get in, when you just have a certain way of working, it's just old habits die hard. But um, when it comes to building mm -hmm. relationships that are really meaningful and investing in them and finding out which ones are worth investing in um, is not only a challenge in and of itself, but it presents itself even more difficult to the people that are prone to be alone. Because now mm -hmm. you're trying to figure out how to navigate relationships when you're not even sure if you want to be in them. And so it's like mm -hmm. all the energy that you're trying to put forward, being around people and relating, it's a really difficult place for me to navigate. And I know that other people have the same issue because people can be fickle. You know, mm -hmm. people can be fluctuating. And it's just like when it takes a lot for you to invest in a relationship, but you also know that you're investing in a relationship with the person with free will. It's like, uh, uh we can be cordial. I don't know if I want to, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Because that whole mm -hmm. understanding each other and embracing and listening, is just like, even though that's what a lot of people need to a lot of people, that's also exhausting because it's just, it can be very hard to, um, to kind of keep the energy of relationships up when you're prone to be by yourself. Um, even relationships that you need. Um, of course, even introverts, they have whoever it is that most people have their spaces where, you know, they can they can nerd out and talk for hours around one or two people that they're comfortable with. Sure, sure. Know? But when it comes down to general or gen yeah, general human relationships, it's like you have to know that that's you. You know, you mm -hmm. may not be the public figure, but it's OK to have one or two really small, close you know, friends or relationships as long as you know how to manage it within that space. And that's what I'm trying to figure out because it's like, and you know, when it comes to like church culture, it's like you, you have to in some way be in tune with everybody. You know, you, you have to, even though you don't give them a whole bunch of time or energy or attention, you're still very versed in being cordial with people and, you know, small talk and embracing other people's struggles, even if you don't know them like that. Because if you think about how different our church life is from our life everywhere else, it's like, we're hesitant about giving people our last name. But at the church house, it's like, I just met you and you're telling me about 
you know, somebody mm-hmm. great auntie that just, you know, died. It's just like, okay, we're, we're, we're at a weird level of close, but it's like everything mm-hmm. about that relationship, um, that we're the relationship that we develop in a church house. Um, it really forces you to examine how do you really feel about your, not only the relationships that you already have, um, but how do you feel about investing in relationships for the sake of spiritual growth and development and maturity, or even if it's not just for the sake of it, developing relationships that will support and encourage that. You get what I'm saying? Because it's just like, then you start making your way around the church culture and you realize that some people are very church, but they don't necessarily have my best interest at heart as it pertains to relationship. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. I wanted to get into a little bit how to kind of off the jump, because now that we're talking about like investing in relationships and figuring out where you want to spend that time and energy, um, just, I guess we can keep a surface level. I want to keep a surface level for now. Um, but what are some of the things that we're going to do? Cause we got more episodes is why I say, it. but we're going to just like graze the why. We'll now. see. Don't, don't, don't take me too far. Be gracious. Be merciful, please. Peace. Listen, I'm already, no, because we're talking about relationships. And so my therapist brain is thinking about attachment and relationships and, and trust and you know safety what? and all of that. It's impossible to stay surface level. How can you talk to me about relationships and say, just keep it surface level? <laughs> but go ahead with your I'm surface not, level question. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I like that kind of energy anyway. So go ahead and go for it. If you, can, if you shine exactly. in that area, go ahead and shine in that area. If you can give a dissertation, <laughs> go on ahead and give your dissertation. I ain't going to stop your praise. <laughs> just know well, that no, once just... it starts hurting my feelings, I'm logging off. Listen, charge it to, to to my head and not my heart. If your feelings get hurt, okay. If I'm, if I'm speaking to you, then it must be what you That's need. That's why you're here. That's why you're here. <laughs> but when we talk about relationships and uh, the, the the choice, right, the act of choice to invest in relationships, um, when you were talking about uh, like introverts, like not not wanting to, or like it's exhausting. What I also heard in all of that was that it can be really scary because we don't know if this person is going to hurt us like other people have hurt us in the past. or We don't know if this person is going to be a good one or we don't know if this person. And because we've all had experiences of people kind of coming and going and we've all been hurt in relationships, everyone has. Yeah. That's what makes them so hard because they're high risk. They're high risk, high reward. And as humans, we want to avoid risk. So sometimes we avoid relationships to avoid risk. So it's not always that we just don't like people, just don't want to be around people. We see no value in people. No, it's that people have hurt us before. And when we've let people get close before we, uh, then we ended up suffering because of it. Or maybe we were close and we really valued them, but then they left or they rejected us or there was abandonment or all of these things happen in the context of relationships. And we have a tendency to carry it with us into other relationships. So then we meet people and we keep them at arm's length or we only show them, you know, what's on the surface or we only do the small talk or we only, you, you can get a few minutes. We could be cordial, but that's about it because we feel like it's safer to be alone than it is to be in relationship. I think that's a big, a big part of this um, because so much pain happens in relationships. But at the same time, we're told and we're taught that we need relationships and we need people, but how can we need something that has brought us so much pain? And so then our human, natural human instinct is to avoid the thing that has brought us pain before. We associate it with, 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 with pain because maybe that's where our deepest traumas have happened in the, in the context of relationships. Or that's where our deepest abandonment and rejection happen. 
in the context of relationships, right? And everyone has their own kind of attachment and relationship style that, that we take with us. So yes, it's important for us to to think about having relationships that are going to promote our spiritual development, but we, you have to think about how, how relationships show up, how you show up in your relationships in your life in general, because whatever, what, whatever exists in your relationships and your personal relationships is going to follow you into another relationship. Even if the intention that you have behind this new relationship is for spiritual fulfillment, you're going to carry whatever relationship challenges you've already had into that relationship. And, but so you're going to carry all those things into it. And then you're going to try to include a spiritual component. So I'm in this relationship because I need it for spiritual fulfillment. So I'm going to try to love you. I'm going to try to let you love me. I'm going to try to, you know, do all these things. But at the same time, I have a hard time trusting people. So I don't know. We, we, we're, we're, we're cordial, but like, you know, we can get on Bible study every now and then, but you know, I don't know how deep we really going to get. Right. So it's hard to talk talk about new relationships without talking about old relationships Mm -hmm. and about how you're able to show up in those and about why relationships are difficult for you in general. And then, of course, we can take it to like your relationship with God. And what does that relationship look like? Because that's the one that we ought to be modeling our other relationships after. But I think more, more often we we think about our relationships with other people and that's where the hurt and pain is. And that's why it's hard for us to be willing to do the same. But if we are prioritizing our relationship with God. And if we have a healthy, secure attachment with him, then that's what we want to carry into our relationships with his people. I don't mean to put you on the spot. What is that? You know, no, it, it makes perfect sense. Like what, actually it's not just asking on what you say, what does that, how does that look to you? Just um, like in, in, I guess, carrying over our relationship with God to our relationship with other people. How does that look like in, 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 a, in a practical way? Like how does it, how does it look in your life? Um, I think it looks like just wanting to love people because you have love to give. I I think it looks like just giving love without expectation. Um, Because I I think about my relationship with God and I just love him (laughs) and I I love him for who he is. Yeah. I I love him for, for what he's done. I love him for who, for who he is and for the, the fact that he has never left me. And for the fact that I know that I'm, just a human and that he has every right to come on somebody. to turn his back from me and all, but but he doesn't because he loves it. and so i i love him just just for that and so when i think about modeling human relationships after that i think it's about loving people because they need love and because you have love to give but it's when we start to have other expectations that's when we're disappointed right like we're disappointed when we have expectations of other people so if you're entering into a relationship with a specific expectation i think that's dangerous hmm. cool so I think it's love without expectation. Wow, that's yeah. I, I really, I'm, oof, I'm glad I asked such a fantastic question. Otherwise, we wouldn't have been able to get that answer. Um, God, there's so many components to this, and I'm really like trying not. I'm trying to dig in without getting lost. Uh, mm-hmm. But um, we'll see where it takes. And, and not even like not even losses, and I don't get it. Losses, and I get it, and I want more. But uh, mm. when it comes to um, when it comes to trying to understand your own relationship with God even and trying to get that crossover together is something a lot of people don't even have the um, the mental connection for um, because the relationship mm-hmm. with God is so different than the relationships that they have with other people in their community um, or, you know, their, their, their circle or whoever. But it's just like there's this, 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 this difficulty of seeing the value in grace, just grace, you know, there's difficulty in seeing the value in just kindness and compassion or just being able to sit with somebody in time of need when it doesn't have to be all the things, but that's exactly 
who God is for us. It's just he sits right. in many spaces with us. He allows us. He watches us. He He knows our, our, our triggers. And it's just like when I think of that, because what you were talking about earlier made me think about boundaries, especially during the introverted, mm. out, introverted, extroverted kind of conversation. It's just learning what you can and can't deal with when it comes to people. And it's just like even mm-hmm. when it comes to boundaries in the presence of God, I think, of course, uh, in God, there are no boundaries. We can be able to no, no, God sets his boundaries. Like, mm-hmm. even when it comes to our communication with God and God's communication with us, there are things that, there are lines that God sets for himself that he will not cross. And there are God's, mm-hmm. and there are things that God sets for us that we will not cross. And so knowing that that still sets parameters, but still allows for the opportunity for unconditional love, I think is just like, is, I mean, it's, it's almost like a key, it's a key to our relationships at their core. But it's just like that mm-hmm. crossover was very difficult because the relationship style was so difficult for me. Um, because just like there's yeah. God, you know, there's this authoritative figure mm-hmm. who I love with all my heart, who loves me unconditionally, that I serve and then I, de- I, I, I give my allegiance to. It's like, you know, and then there's y'all. It's like, and there's, and there's <laughs> the people, you know, and it's just like, I don't right. fool too much with y'all, but I love my God. So it's just like finding right. out uh, yeah. that. Like God literally walks you to the place where he tells you specifically, you cannot love me without loving them. It changes Mm -hmm. what you now put on yourself because now it's like your relationships and not even on a command level, just on a matter of knowing that God designed you for this particular thing and knowing that he's reminding and enforcing that is what makes it a bigger deal to me. It's just like you, you can't live on an Island. You can't, isolate yourself all of your life you can't just be by yourself you were built to in some way be connected to the other people around you and to 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 understand that that's god's primary concern i think it makes it impossible to try to live a spiritual life without deeply investing Mm -hmm. and understanding your relationships because mm-hmm. now it's just it because it, it, then it literally becomes how can you love god if you cannot love the people mm. yeah Nothing. yeah yeah well because i also think about you know there's like there's power in numbers that kind of thing and i think that um god really built it into the fabric of our being that we need other people because it's hard to be in this world by ourselves and there are so many things that that we're fighting constantly and the devil is very busy and very crafty and uh and and i think that we're stronger together than apart um and so if you think that you can exist in this world and live a righteous life all on your own without any backup it's like going into war with no army like why would why why would we do that so if, if for nothing else then it's uh, then, then it's it's for that level of kind of support and um, and accountability and just like mindedness, you know. And that's become more and more important to me the older I get. And I remember being younger, um, and we would hear about being unequally yoked, and they would say like, "Your best friends ought to be Christians." And if your best friends ain't Christians, then and I was like, well, "What? No, because my best friend is my best friend, and my friends are my friends, and I have my school friends, and I have my church friends, and it's fine, and I love them both, and they both love me, and I don't have to choose." I remember hearing that like over and over, and being like, "No, because these are my friends." But now I understand it on a much deeper level, deeper level, because the bigger God becomes in my life. Um, then the more I, I need people who understand what that means and um, who are able to connect with, with the God in me. 
Um, but I think that if God is, you know, just one of the few things that are on my mind, um, then it's, it's, it's okay. But the, the more the just, you know, the older I get, the more important God is to me. Right. And he's, it's my, my faith is a bigger part of my life now. And, um, I don't want to have to think about whether or not I can share that with the people that I'm around, or I don't want to have to think about coming off as like the churchy girl or as the, you know, yeah. Bible thumping, whatever. Right. Like I need to be around people who understand the most important part of me, who understand love and appreciate the most important part of me. And the most important part of me is God. So those relationships play a different role now than they used to. Yeah. That's a quotable. That's yeah. Yeah. It, it actually, yeah, the most important relationships to you. Absolutely. Um, and that's exactly the way I, I, I felt about it, too, when I grew up hearing about being yoked and unequally yoked. I guess the irony, though, of that is I grew as as is that when, when I started understanding the depth of that passage, kind of like you were describing and understanding how important it is, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it led me to less church friends. But let me explain. Um Okay. Let me explain. Because um, my relationships just, they were, I, I don't know what they were driven by proximity, um, familiarity, whatever. Mm-hmm. They were. But um, I do yeah. notice that it's like you, when you do pursue God in your relationships, one thing that you develop a lot of is discernment. And you start mm-hmm. picking up on, especially when you're learning God, you pick up on mm-hmm. intentions, you start picking up on, um, on, on support, you start picking up on people who really encourage you versus people who kind of see you as, you know, maybe, uh, um, uh, 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 I don't know, an enemy, um, that, that, that poses friends. Um, but learning the character of God and learning how to be equally yoked led me to understanding that some people were just around me out of proximity. Um, some people were really around me, but it was just out of habit and they meant no good for me. And it's like that level of discernment moved in and out of the church because I also learned that there were people that I could Mm -hmm. genuinely talk to about my faith that didn't go to my church. And so it's like I learned Mm -hmm. that I started getting developed in that because really at the very end of the day, it's about me and my faith and who I allow to be a part of that conversation. And so when it comes to, you know, learning what God intends for you and what God plans for you, you learn that discernment is the primary spirit that God is going to allow you to navigate this life with. Because now you have mm-hmm. to know if you're gonna invest time in people, like you, you gotta know what, what what forgiveness looks like. Like you can pick it up in statements now, you know? When right. somebody starts talking to you crazy or they start kind of throwing side jabs at you in conversation, it's just like, wait a minute. Like, mm-hmm. I know that we're just joking here, but like, why'd you go that hard on me, you know? Right. So learning that right. discernment is what really bridges the gap between my relationships with anybody and forming my relationships after God. Because now it's just like, because mm-hmm. even God, even with that, and the way that God raises and teaches and trains us, sometimes God takes us to places that we're not familiar with or places where we don't know how to trust God in that area or place where it's just like, this ain't the God I grew up with. But then over time you learn, it's just like, no, 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 it is the same God. He's just taking me through new territories. And so now it's like, right. I've seen that same thing happen in relationships and friendships. And it's just like, you know, there are some people that I've kind of let slide by and the other people that I've invested in, but it's just like, I can see where it's like, no, 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 you, you really should have kept the people that just showed you some kind of love above mm-hmm. just keeping people around because they were aesthetic. Because they were around. 
or yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because yeah, they were, they were close in proximity and like that kind of decision is very hard to make, especially like we were talking about earlier when you're trying to discern what friendships to invest your energy in, because if you don't have mm-hmm. any spirit of discernment, then you're always going to be wasting your energy around people who don't mean well for you. But I believe that's the prayer. Like that's where we bridge the gap between our relationship with God and our relationship with people is that we learn that when you know the character of God, you see the character of God in the people. And even if you see somebody who's broken, you learn that your job in that relationship is to help cultivate, not to criticize or to, you know, try to form them in your image. And so it's like all these things in different ways are all stemming from and being formed by my relationship with God. It's just not looking how I thought it would look, but I love that. I love that because now I'm genuinely starting to understand Jesus more. It's like, oh, this is why you hung out with Peter and not the Pharisees. It's like, you know, even though Peter had his temper problems, Peter could follow. Peter could get it. Like Peter, he understood where to go. And, you know, he, he, he understood what Jesus was trying to do. Ultimately, it's just like, and the Pharisees, no matter what they tried to do in a religious sense, they could never connect with Jesus unless they came to him in the right way. And so it's just like that spirit of discernment is something that we get directly from him for our relationships. So now it's just like, I can't dive in or invest in a relationship with you unless I can see my spirit Mm -hmm. being cultivated and nurtured in this relationship and space. And it's just like, how long ago did I need to hear know that? Like how much Mm -hmm. blessed me out of high school? Because you, you know, Mm -hmm. even though we all know that we're going to be, we're going to make our mistakes and we're going to walk our own path eventually anyway, it's just like being able to have that spirit of discernment and being also aware that if you set boundaries, it's not a problem. You know, people who are willing to accept you will accept you the way that you are, mm-hmm. all those elements are just like, I see Jesus so much in this. It's just cause like that's, he was never concerned about who accepted him or rejected him. He just was. And it's just like, mm-hmm. I, that that's terrifying to be, but it's like when you just are, you form the right relationships. And that's been, mm-hmm. at least personally, I know that's not everybody's struggle, but it's mine because I know that it can be difficult to try to maybe, maybe uphold a position or maybe to just try to be a good, obedient Christian and not fall off the rails, that can be a task. But when you realize that your Mm -hmm. relationship that everything is built on is built out of grace, it makes you realize, you know what, I can be comfortable in a relationship as long as that relationship is giving me the nourishment that I need in order to grow because it can't be one-sided. And, you know, I can't just be the giver in the relationship and expect me to be fulfilled by it, you know? So all those things are just playing into painting that picture of how God formulates relationships and creating discernment. Because it's just like, people are always going to people. Right. You know, even right. in the best relationships. And you still have to have the skills to navigate people. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, I guess Jesus would be the master yeah. class in that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's always my response to um, people who don't want to come back to church because of the people. Um or, you know, because so-and-so looked at them sideways or there was drama or there was this or that. That's always my response to that. People are going to people wherever they are. The same people who we deal with in the world every day and get on our nerves, but we still come back to work and we still do what we have to do. It's them same people in church. Like, we don't want to kill are people these people. And, and humans are humans. Like, we right. don't want to fight these people. Yeah, just going sitting by them every day. It's the same. So, like, we can't, we have different expectations. Um of people because of where they are, because they're in church. And I guess, you know, to some level, there's, there's some validity to that. But if the expectation is that they ought to be perfect because they're at church, that's not a fair expectation to put on anyone. 
because nobody could put that expectation on you. You right. know, you can't live up to perfection and neither can anyone else. But I think that we're less gracious to people in the church sure. because sure. we're like, well, you were in church. You ought to know better. You're this. You ought to know better. So we're, we give less grace because we have higher expectation. And um, I think that that comes back to, I think I was talking about expectations earlier, but like, what are our expectations of people and are they realistic? What are they based in? Uh, are, are they, are they based in, I don't know, in, in, uh, some unrealistic, uh, like ideal of, of what this type of person should be like, or are they based in the fact that this is another human, just like you are, who's trying to live righteous and trying to live righteous, just like you are, and who makes mistakes and missteps, just like you. See, and that's the huge irony to me is that when it comes to church and the removal of grace, it's like you remove grace from people because you have such high moral expectations, like you were saying. But at the same time, the removal of grace is what removes it from being a spiritual relationship. And that blew my mind because mm-hmm. it's just like, it seems yeah. like the foundation of spiritual relationships is our ability to be obedient. It's like we want to be mm-hmm. around people that do the right thing. That's how we're going to navigate this, you know, this, 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 this territory. It's like I'm going to be around good pr- Christian people who, you know, who, 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 um, who, who, who know how to speak, who know how to uh, uh, conduct themselves and so on and so forth. But it's just like and when they don't do that, it gets so disappointing that it's just like. Like Christianity does not begin with your behavior. It begins with the grace. This is, this is my belief in explaining because human behavior is an element of creation. You don't need to be special to be a product of human behavior. Human behavior is not what makes us in good, in cahoots with God. Um, of course, this is all gospel talk, but when it comes to understanding that the foundation of your relationship starts with the grace, if we remove grace from the relationship, then we no longer have a spiritual relationship in short. And Mm -hmm. that's the part that I struggled with. Let me say it like that, because Mm -hmm. when you base your faith off of obedience, then a failure to obey is a hard territory to navigate. Um, Mm -hmm. Because it's just like you, and and it's like, it's not like you have to completely ignore obedience. It's just like, that's because that's what we're all trying to do is we're trying to listen. We're trying to learn. We're trying to figure it out. We're trying to walk stride and stride. And it's just maybe, I don't know, personally, I feel like we could use just an overall better framework because over time, once you start giving teachings about things and those teachings solidify, then it becomes cultural. And when it becomes cultural, you stop giving yourself the space to think about it or teach it differently. Um, mm. It's just like it becomes an expectation or it becomes a solid conversation. But it's just like, in my opinion, I don't think that we, we well, there's no stopping talking about obedience, but the obedience conversation has to be driven by the presence of grace. Mm. And so it's just mm-hmm. like, I never thought about any of my relationships that way mm. because it was more so like, why are we here? How did we get here? Was it church? We, we, mm-hmm. we church folks, we're, we're, we family, like what, what are we? Or do you just live by me? It's like, what really constitutes? Cause even though those are valid ways for relationships to start, we also have to discern and figure out what space we have to be our spiritual selves at all times. Hmm. And that comes with choosing and picking who we want in our corner and circle. Cause it will be detrimental. I don't, I wonder how much of it is us picking and choosing who we want or God placing the people in close proximity to us that he knows we need, because if we, leave it to ourselves. Sometimes we might pick people based off of, you know, what we think we want or what we like, or 
people who don't get on our nerves or, you know, people that we have more things in common with, but sometimes the ones who, um, who really offer you the most grace and the most love and compassion are, are the ones that you would least expect it from. Um, and so now when I think about relationships and spiritual relationships, I want to be close to people who love God. Yeah. Even if that, you know, means that we don't have a ton in common or that we butt heads sometimes, but we, we love God. And so that means that we want to love each other. And I think that that's a, that's a good place to start. I agree. I agree. But I don't want to, uh, to, to, to get cut off again, but I do think that we have a good base and I did see that we are recording still and we have every piece of it. Um, so hallelujah. Um, and so, uh, what I want to do for right now though, is, is kind of wind it down as well. Um, mm -hmm. but if we could just kind of, I mean, celebrate the fact that I feel like, at least me, I feel like we had a good open door for this conversation. I'm looking forward to talking about relationships. Um, and I'm looking I think, forward I think to it's gonna be good. Yeah. Yeah. There's so, a lot to get into. There are a lot of different like types of relationships and different purposes. So I think it's going to be fruitful. Yeah. The, and it's, it's relationships are almost inexhaustible. It's like, exactly. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, thank you again, Camille, always for being such a willing contributor um, and, and voice. Um, and if we could oh. just pray it out. Me? Either are you asking? I don't mind. Oh, I thought you. Yeah, please, if you would. Actually, yeah. Okay. Okay. Sure. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for for this opportunity, just for bringing us here together and for placing it on each of our hearts to want to know more about you and how to look like you and have relationships that look like you. We pray right now for everyone who is listening and we just pray for open hearts and uh, that, that they will be fertile ground. And we just pray that you will intervene in every single way that you see fit. Uh, please continue to bless us all as we strive um, here on this world and guide us to the people who are going to help us uh, stay close to you um, as we continue to strive individually. Bless each and every one of us uh, as we leave and just continue to watch over us until we meet again. In Jesus name, amen. Amen. Again, thank you so much um, to our listeners. Thank you, of course. We look forward to more conversation and dialogue surrounding relationships. And we look forward to your feedback as well. So um, that's all I've got. Camille, you got anything? No, that's all I got. I'm excited for season two. Glory. Yeah. So with that, <laughs> may God bless you all and may God keep you. Bye, everyone. Again, we thank you for joining us. And if you have any questions, concerns, or thoughts, please don't hesitate to reach out to us at church at northsidecoc.church or on our social media pages on Facebook at Northside Church of Christ, the one in Riverside, or on Instagram at live.peaceably.